Thursday, April 29th, and you're listening to Hanson's Startup Podcast. Chapin, welcome to the show. Well, uh, thank you for having me. We're yeah, back. I feel baby. like we just did a show. We did, but your freaking computer <laughs> crapped out, so we're doing it again. So put on your put on your happy face and pretend like we're having an intellectual conversation. No, though, it's good to be even back. though we had it ten minutes ago. It's good to be back. You know, sorry we haven't been on for a while. Uh, again, we've been working. No on need to apologize, Chapin. We are we're we are just making amazing strides over at menuvor.com. Com. Check it out. Um, but let's talk news. A lot of big companies. Chip, can I throw in a curveball before we curve start? Curveball, man. Okay. Uh, you know, just to mix it up, since we did mess up this podcast like 10 minutes ago, I'm going to throw in something new. Um, I just want to give a little pitch. This is a startup podcast after all. Uh-huh. I want to pitch my idea for a digital watch. Uh-huh. Yes, a digital watch, Chip. And I know I've mentioned this to you before. But I want a digital watch. I hate watches. In in this, in I don't own a watch. In the technology-driven world we live in, I am sick of just having one watch face. I mean, that's ridiculous. I on my phone, I'm I'm, you know, I'm ADD about this stuff. I'm changing backgrounds and skins all the time. Which I we'll change later. I change my computer background desktop all the time. You know, I don't have I don't have the patience to put on one watch. With one watch face. Uh-huh. Okay. I want... One expensive watch. Yeah. So I would just want... An, you have 10 seconds left. Okay. I just want an LCD watch that I can skin. That, you know, and there's a community of people who come up with watch skins. I mean, it couldn't be more simple than that. And I could just have unlimited watch faces on my little LCD watch. Question for you. It's question time. Okay. Will this watch help get that piece of banana out of your teeth? <laughs> Folks, if you like that pitch, let us know. I actually think it's a brilliant idea. I'm a Nick's brilliant guy. Pretty sad. I'm a brilliant guy. Spurs. Nothing but brilliance here at Hanson Startups. <laughs> Let's get into the news. Okay, we got. We haven't been on for a while, so we got three huge companies to talk about. That's all we're gonna do three huge stories and one little one to end it. But let's kick it off with Twitter. Little okay. Twitter in the news. A couple weeks. It seems like forever because there's been so much like huge news. But Twitter, a little over a week. I think it was. It was like a week or two weeks ago only. Twitter had this their first ever developers conference called Chirp. Yep. And the big news coming into Chirp was Twitter announced that they were doing their own iPhone app. Which, if you know Twitter, this was like, and if you were a Twitter developer. This was like this was huge because Twitter bases their whole like ecosystem on third-party Twitter apps. Yeah. So basically, their own iPhone app means they bought this other company. Yeah, they bought a Tweety. Pump, they bought Tweety. So people use Tweety. the official app. And if if you don't know what we're talking Twitter about, app. basically, Twitter.com is a very simple site. Um, they don't make – Twitter doesn't make an iPhone app. They don't make an Android app. They just have Twitter.com, and they have very open uh, APIs or they you know, they share their information with developers. So developers make all these awesome yeah, Twitter apps. Code and build on uh, – And the developers the are kind of responsible in some sense for why Twitter is so big because all these people invested time and effort into making these cool Twitter applications and really spread it to the masses. Um, but so coming into their first conference, they announced we're competing with you guys. 
Now, in Twitter's defense... Yeah, what was the explanation? Well, uh, it's, it's confusing. With so many third-party apps, um, it's easy for us to figure out, uh, being huge geeks, but it's tough for the normal person who... They, they demonstrated this at the conference. Uh, a normal person goes into the iPhone app store and types in Twitter. They get like 8 million weird... Funky apps. Yeah, they don't know. They don't know what's going on. So they want to have an official app. Fair enough. And also in their defense, they're opening up more information to developers. So before they kept a little for themselves. They're pretty open, but they kept a little for themselves. And I think they they still will keep a little for themselves. But they're giving the developers more information, making it easier for developers to compete with them. Yeah, you know I'm not. So did did they screw over the developers? That's what I'm asking you, Gina. Um, well, you know, I, it may not be incredibly helpful to developers. I don't think they screwed them over. So basically, the only misleading thing is this entire time, like you said, they've had it all open and third-party developers were building these companies off of uh, their information. And Twitter kind of stayed back and said, like, no, nah, we don't do that sort of thing. And then, bam, they come out and say, bam. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we recognize this one as the official. We've purchased them. We're going to compete with you now. They didn't close it up, though. Let's uh, make no. that clear, you know? And I do think that this is going to be... Making an official app is going to be helpful, like you kind of said, to people that aren't familiar with Twitter or just getting on, looking for an application. For those that are already in the community, they've probably already picked, you know, uh, the Twitter third-party app that they want to use. So I don't think this is going to make too much of a difference as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were listening to one of the developers talk, like, once people start to get in and they see maybe where Tweety has shortfalls or start to learn a little bit more, chances are they're going to break out into these other applications. So, this Tweety app, it might just be a launching point for people to get involved. What do you think about that? I wasn't really paying attention to what you were saying. (laughs) No, but I also think, and I've said this to you. Twitter doesn't owe their third party. No, they don't. Anything. And if if they if any other if they had any crime it was that they were too nice to their developers. Yeah, I and, mean this is this is more of a uh, wake up call to. Yeah, and a lot of developers have come out and said, I mean, like this is one of the risks you take when you know building a company off another company's yeah. information. You know, like because it's open doesn't mean that they're not going to make changes to benefit their own company or maybe even close it up at any point. Yeah. Who knows? So. I don't really follow you got, Twitter. You have to be flexible as a developer, and developers know this. I mean, I think there, and I don't think there was any like huge backlash. It's just kind of minor annoyance. I mean, just a, like I'm a, I do Flash development, and yeah. Flash is taking it. Apple is just kicking day after day. They're kicking Flash yeah. in the nuts. And you know, if this, you're a Flash developer, you're you know you got to learn to roll with it you know learn javascript or something and that's just life that's life in uh, you know technology changes and this might be you know kicking the pants to developers to be this might be twitter saying like hey let's not just make a thousand of the same apps let's start to do something a little bit more creative because like you're confusing people that are using twitter we're going to you know officially recognize this one Third-party developers, let's start innovating and doing some new things. Yeah, exactly. And this is that's what it's going to lead to. You're going to see like cooler, uh, more innovative um, Twitter apps. So it's uh, it's exciting. So Twitter's at the bottom of our douchebag. That's list, right. That's right. If you thought if you thought that announcement was controversial, then just days later, Facebook had their big developer conference, F8, or F-U. as you. 
Ooh. Is that where you're going? I was going to say eight. Ah, okay. I don't know. I think that might have been what uh, Zuck was going for, but this was really controversial. Um, basically, believe it or not, uh, first of all, Facebook, they implemented all these new features. Like, ton. this was pretty ambitious on their part. Um, uh, but basically, what they did was, believe it or not, they took a bunch uh, above your Facebook information and they made it public again. They opted you into more public information. That was a terrible explanation. Okay, you want to give it a try? <laughs> no, no, Jim, no. Do I look like Mark Zuckerberg? <laughs> well, I think the first thing is they added a like button, right? On, yeah. Uh, making it available. I was giving a general overview. Facebook wants to basically be They're everywhere sharing. on the internet. Yes. Before you like things on Facebook. And now they're opening it up. It was just a snippet of code so that websites can put the like button. They moved the busting out of Facebook, yeah. AKA getting a ton more information yeah, about yeah. what you like. So right now they're, they've, been, they've been aggregating everything about you on Facebook.com. They want to start collecting things you do all over the web. So one way they do this is they add a like button to everything. They allow developers to add like buttons to everything on their website. So is this creepy? This kind of goes. You so know, when you away like something on initial, when you like something on Sports Illustrated, it shows up in your Facebook feed. This goes away from their initial walled garden, is what people call it. You know, where it's a private community, which is why a lot of people originally signed up for Facebook. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to take some information, spread it around the internet, and well, also use let's, that. Let's to, be very clear about this. Uh, the like button doesn't necessarily do this. All it's doing is it's bringing more information into, into your, Facebook, into your little walled garden. Where they where they have changed this is um, is some of their sharing policies and uh, a new service they have where um, you, if you are a member of sites like Yelp or Pandora, uh, your friends can now see what you're listening to or what you're eating on these sites. Yeah, and it's almost opt out right it is opt out yes so they or basically they prompt you with a little confusing explanation yeah, not to totally what they clear do. most people would probably just click but away they from it. but basically and they did this with a few other things basically they're sharing more information about you and you have to opt out of it to not share it so yeah. so also um i think it's easier you can share information about your friends uh without right, their consent a little yeah Unless you opt out of it. So, so like, uh, an example is I can say, I think I can recommend, or, like, my friend likes this. Or, like, if if I'm not friends with you and one of my friends is, I can see stuff about you through them. Yeah, that's a little weird. You can see updates about people you're not friends with. So, they're, but, but the bottom line is they're sharing more information about you. And if you don't like it, you have to... Navigate through their confusing settings and turn it off. Yeah, which people don't like a little that. bit more confusing, as you mentioned before. I'm confused. Tons of stuff on the internet popping up to be like, "This is what you need to do to opt out," and it's confusing. It's confusing for I can't even people. explain it. It's so confusing. But the bottom line is that uh, Facebook is trying to share things, and people don't want it to be shared. So two things: the like button. Let's address that first. Okay. Not a big deal to me at all. It's not that much different or different at all. Than a Facebook share. Yeah, which is on there anyways. A dig button where you dig something you like, it gets brought back to dig. It's just a way of, you know, I mean, like tons of sites add little buttons onto 
yeah, throughout yeah. the internet. Yes. Not a totally big deal. It is grabbing more information. I understand that, but not a huge deal. You don't need to hit the like button. Two, it pulling in information from Pandora and Yelp and sites like that about what you like to eat and what you like to listen to. I think this one can be discussed a little more in detail. I personally, like we talked about, everybody cool. is kind of bringing up the fact that... Everyone's oh, whining about the privacy. But exactly. let's, let's first start off saying, this is really cool. It's a cool these, feature. These are cool features. And some of these things, like the... They are being more, even though they're opting even into it, uh, some of these things are built on open standards. Mm-hmm. So you can, you, know, you can adopt this technology to your own website. Um, so they are actually being more open. So that that's you know in a way, that's a good step. Although it's away from how they've initially played the game. Forever. That's true. The, in in these these features, the Yelp features and the Pandora features, they're awesome. Like, I get to see what my friends are listening to on Pandora. That's cool. I mean, that's the whole point Food of Facebook. Music are two cool is things, seeing what so. your friends are doing. Um, so it's good to, and we shouldn't overstate. These are cool features. They're cool features. This is ambitious and it's cool. The problem is Facebook, they're being dicks. Yes. They've done this before. They're like flipping on all this public information and, uh, and then saying, okay, if you don't want to share this, good luck. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I mean, no, that's, uh, that's exactly what's happening. That's the bigger issue is that Facebook seems to not care what people think. Which is disconcerting to be At all about I mean, the things that they're doing. You know, they've been doing this for a while, too. This isn't just like an no. initial turn back. They did it with Beacon before with advertising. They've done it in a few news feed, which now everybody loves, but they did it with that. People hated that. They don't give a shit, basically. They don't. They have, I mean, basically, it's very evident that they have, you know, 500 visitors a month they got 400 million members. Like, they can do whatever they want, and you'll use it. Yeah. yeah because I mean, you don't have a choice. That's right. When Google, uh, when they made Buzz uh, public, when when they integrated into your email, and all of a sudden it was sharing your email contacts, yeah. um, people flipped out, similar yeah. to this. And they fixed it. And then Google fixed it, like, literally within, like, 24 hours. And we're like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't think Facebook's doing that. I don't think Zach's doing that. I don't think because they have so many people on it. Nick, I asked you this before when we did this podcast about 30 minutes ago. Have we gone too far with Facebook that we're at the point of no return? Are there too many people on Facebook that it doesn't really matter what the users say? People use it anyways, and Zuckerberg knows that. Um, he does, but uh, I have two answers to this. First, uh, yes, in a sense, that... That's how I communicate with people. Like probably most of my friends, I don't. I, to be honest, I don't know a lot of my like friends who are you know not emailing all the time. My not totally per- close personal friends. Yeah. I only know how to contact them via Facebook. Um, so I'm ingrained in Facebook. I'm dependent on it. That being said, it's like your Rolodex. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that being said, uh, I never say never in technology. Technology moves so fast. That, uh, you know, people might have said the same thing about uh, AOL. Yeah. You know, like, oh, my AOL messenger, that's how I keep in touch with everyone. And then something will pop up in the next... People still use instant messenger. They do, but, I mean, I don't. Neither do I. And, uh, you know, people say that about... People said that about Microsoft. It's like, oh, like, my whole work is ingrained in Microsoft Word, Microsoft products. How could I ever, like... Microsoft will own the world for the next to like millenniums yeah. and fast forward like two years later and we're starting to see like you know, all these cloud apps, 
you know, companies switch to Google apps and even Facebook apps. But, uh, well, no, I know. I think you're kind you of, you know what right I mean? There. Like, like but, technology moves so fast, but, but at the I'm very not least like, Facebook has got, I'm not worried about Facebook taking over the world. Well, I know, but at the very least, uh, like, if something were to ever come up, it's not going to happen for a while. Facebook has got such a huge lead on everybody. Yes. I personally think we're about as close as we're going to get uh, with the point of no return. You know, like, you and I may contact people in other ways. We may use other social media platforms. Most people don't. Most people, Facebook is, like, their go-to platform. Yep. Uh, where they Normal have people, pictures, yeah. all their pictures. Well, they might not even back them up. They, you know, that's how they used to talk to people. I think at this point, I really believe in the Facebook community is kind of, they're, they're under a dictatorship, the Zuckerberg. And there's not much they can do at this point. Mm, it's, uh, it's getting that way. It's interesting, though, because um, uh, we're talking about, like, normal people here. And normal people... Um, they're, they've just actually, they've just been on Facebook for like a year or two, you know, like they're just yeah. getting comfortable and they're just settling in. So I feel like we're on the threshold here. And if, if this momentum keeps up in a year or two, people literally will be trapped in Facebook, but I don't think it's, it's right now. Like, you know, like for example, our mother, you know, she's not, she's not tech savvy enough to be dependent on Facebook yet. Yeah. But give it another couple of years, and who knows? So it's interesting. Very Nick, interesting. Nick welcomes the Zuckerberg overlord. Yes, that's right. right. That's right. I will. Um, okay. Well, here's the thing, though. At least Facebook's not kicking down your door, Nick. That's right. Which brings us to our third tyrant <laughs> big technology company, Apple. So, you have been living under a rock for the last two weeks. Give it two weeks. You've probably heard about this Apple story and the new iPhone that's coming out in the summer. Yeah, so basically... Give us a quick synopsis of Quick synopsis. Apple developer testing new Apple 4G phone in a bar on his birthday. It's cracked. Leaves his phone in the bar. Mystery man picks it up. Mystery man calls Apple, tries to return it, but no one... They no say, one no, knows. no, we don't know what that is. He call, you know, he goes into the Apple store, and they go, oh, I don't know what... They obviously don't know what this Apple prototype is, and he tried, so he sells it to Gizmodo for $5,000. <laughs> uh, Gizmodo takes pictures, blogs the crap out of it, gets tons of page views. Then, last week, uh, Gizmodo edited... Or, Apple calls Gizmodo, first of all, says, give back the phone, it's ours, confirms it's actually an Apple prototype. Um... They give it back. Everything's all hunky dory. Weird. Um, and then, uh, and then last week they kick in at Gizmodo editor Jason Chen's door, take all confiscate all his uh, computers and uh, personal information. You did. Um, and ba- and this is actually this is a no joke. It's like a technology task force in Silicon technology Valley. Technology KGB. Who, I don't uh, know who they are, but actually, I don't want them. Who handles this stuff? Um, all because they were looking for information about this stolen iPhone prototype. And last but not least, that may or may not have a replaceable battery. It seems that Apple has also gone after 
They've kind of figured out who originally got the middleman. Yeah, got hold of the iPhone. And they will be suing be kicking down the crap out of it. Yeah, I'm sure of it. So, so anyway, Nick. this this story has been blogged to death. Yeah. Everyone and their mother has passed moral judgment on Gizmodo um, for uh, buying this phone. It seems to be the general consensus is that Gizmodo is sleepy. Uh, sleazy. Sleepy. Gizmodo is sleazy for purchasing this yeah. But you know what? IPhone. We're going to defend Gizmodo. We are. Because you know what? I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's fair enough. Everybody is trying to bring this around a moral issue. And, and very few people are talking about the business aspect of it. Yeah, let's get... Jason Calacanis ripped on Gizmodo for his moral standpoint. But at least he brought up the fact that this was brilliant. And that they're probably made millions of dollars in traffic. For a five grand purchase, easily $10 million PR. That's what, yeah. That's they what are on not only every tech website, but they are on news websites like CNN, stuff like that. Yahoo, they front page of Yahoo. The actual news, where most people don't even know what's going on, they're on everything. They're on, and uh, just to bring this into uh, perspective, they were they had a segment on the Daily Show. I mean, like literally one of the most popular television shows in the U.S., um, where they talked about this story for like John Stewart talked about it for like eight minutes. Yeah. Um, basically, gave in in this uh, segment. Basically, he ripped on Apple and. And he talked about Gizmodo. He gave is basically an eight minute spot for Gizmodo on uh, on, on national it television. So often, um, yeah, for a tech blog, this is like huge, I and mean, yeah. this is like genius. This is genius. Even in, as this thing gets dragged through court, where do you think people are going to go to get their information? They're going to go to Gizmodo. Not in gadgets. And see what it has to say. They're going to yeah. go into Gizmodo, getting their reaction. So, like we said. You could throw around the moral question. That's fine. Have that debate. That's cool. Because technically it's stolen property or whatever. It's a little, yeah, it's a little sleazy, whatever they made. Here's the thing. It was a business deal. Gizmo knew what they were getting into. You know, they made this decision like, okay, this might be a little dicey, but we are going to get so much, you know, like uh, publicity because of this. This is going to be brilliant. And what it comes down to, too. They're friggin' media. They're they're journalists uh, doing you know technology related stories. This is their job to kind of get breaking news. You know, media has been doing stuff like this for thirty years. Why yeah. are we now saying because it's Apple? Are we saying whoa whoa they shouldn't have done that? That's sketchy. I've been doing this forever. Yeah, and even like let's say worst case scenario, Gizmodo they stole this phone. Yeah. They stole it. Like let's say they did. Let's say they set it up and they stole this phone. Like Burger King stole McDonald's egg McMuffin like, sandwich and sell it for one dollar. No one's crying about that. No, but like seriously, it's not a good precedent to set. But at the same time, this is a freaking gadget blog. I mean, like you pick up an Us magazine or something, and you have these paparazzis like peering into like celebrities' lives <laughs> and taking pictures of their children or something. This was like an iPhone prototype. This is a nerdy gadget that also has a camera on it, a front-facing yeah. camera. That's like the big news. And so, this is yeah, this is ridiculous. Uh, if like, anything, too, like okay, we kind of talked about the Gizmodo aspect of it. Apple is suing them, or not suing them. They're kicking down doors. I guess they will be suing them if they haven't done so already. They're making a huge stink about this. If Gizmodo is getting a lot of publicity. 
What else are they talking about? They're talking about the friggin' iPhone, Apple. You're getting so much publicity. Yeah, let's talk about, I mean, everyone's talking about, like, trade secrets and stuff. Who do you think stands to benefit the most out of this? Um, probably first Gizmodo, although, but they're going to have a, they're going to get sued. Yeah, they're going to have probably a lot of legal fees. It's going to be a lot bigger legally for them. They're going to make out Apple. pretty darn good in this. But guess who makes out the most? Apple, because le- legal fees to them are literally nothing. It's giving people a little taste, and it's what people speculate they getting, anyways. They're getting be so out. much attention. No one is talking about this. Apple. Is everyone's talking about the iPhone 4G when they actually release this thing? People are going to go crazy. The HTC it, released um, probably the best smartphone available in the United States um, in the midst of this. The HTC Incredible runs Sense UI on Android 2.0, eight megapixel camera, a oh, beautiful phone. And you know what? Not one person said one word about this because they were talking about, oh, iPhone 4G, Gizmodo, Apple. If anything, Apple should have done this on purpose. Yeah. Done a kind of crappy prototype with cool features, gotten all this publicity and just been like, Steve Jobs would have been like, I don't know what they're talking about. This is literally, there was nothing even revealed in this phone. If anything. There was a front-facing camera, which people expected in the first place, and there may or may not be a removable battery. Yeah. That's it. If anything, people should be upset about how how, many, how much resources and attention people are putting into something that is literally nothing. I mean, this is not the Pentagon Papers. This is this is literally there is no information yeah. in this story and except for, for the story itself. For a company that's so good at marketing, too, they should realize. I mean, people are excited about the new iPhone, but they should realize too. This just further signifies their douchebaggery at Apple, you know, for, like, tech people and maybe even normal people, too. Like, the fact that they're kicking people's doors down now, like, okay, Apple, you've gone way too far. And let's just – and I think you can make the case that Apple brought this upon themselves, okay? Um, When you market the crap out of things like this and when you make great products and – but, like, when you – or the more important thing is that Apple – uh, they're so secretive about this stuff. Literally, when people test these things, they chain them to the desk in yeah. Apple. Okay, they are these these you stories. Forgot to chain this one. They yeah. are just pumping people up to want this. You know, they're they are the ones making um, the bounty so high on on Apple information. Yeah, and if it really was the biggest thing in the world, keep that under wraps. Like Nick said, they chain them down. Make sure they're all chained in. Don't let somebody wander into a bar with one when you're, you know, like grab them at the end of the day so they can't bring them out. Have them play around with it all day at work, but don't bring it out in the real life if it's going to be such, I mean, something like that could happen, obviously, and somebody's going to get hold of it. If it's such a big deal to you, wrap them up. It, them under wraps. Steve Jobs called, or Apple, if you look on the website, they called the new iPad magical. Well, no wonder people are committing crimes to get it if it's magical. I'm kidding. They are just Apple are they're just drug dealers tempting Seriously. poor people with their beautiful. I'm on the Bill Apple, Gates wagon. I'm Apple getting a, products. I'm getting a Microsoft powered computer. Anyway, people people are slamming Gizmodo, so we just wanna we wanna give a little perspective to the ridiculousness of this story. Um and Not then, for a story that will please everybody. This yeah. is a Nick story. I have nothing to do with it. 
So I've been, I obviously were big uh, proponents. Start a little Google for our last. Couple. Yeah, you may not have noticed by our Apple rant, but we're we're more of a, we're we're Android users here, and I'm loving my live wallpapers on my Droid. So we got a little link. Check it out. It's to uh, um, it's a bunch of cool third party live wallpapers. So the two, Android 2.1 comes with live wallpapers, um, stock live wallpapers, which I don't have on my phone. No, you don't. You wish. Still waiting for that. How's your 1.6 doing? Anyway, but there's some really cool third-party live wallpapers you can get. One of my favorite is called Seed of Life. and uh, A.K.A. Semen. Yeah. So there's these little, like, uh, spermies that swim around the wallpaper on your phone. And this, this may sound disgusting. And when you, when you tap, when you tap, they all gather around where you tap. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it may sound disgusting, but this is literally—it's the most beautiful um, live wallpaper you can get. Like it's—it runs so smooth, uh, doesn't slow anything down, and the animation is—it's amazing. Check it out. Check out the link. It's, I just, you know, I'm not condoning I think it's, the wallpaper Nick's talking about, but I do like the live wallpapers. Very cool I think features. it's 50 euro cents or something, but it's pretty cheap, but we'll it's, it's well worth it. Check it out. And, uh, what a way to end the show. What a way to end the show. Tune we'll in next time. In, uh, another date and time. Thank you for listening to us. Peace.